Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care. And with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. Hey, folks. Another week and no sign of the news slowing down. Bill Barr is coming under increasing scrutiny for his handling of Mueller's investigation. There's been a flurry of letters to make sense of, including the letter the president's personal attorney, Emmett Flood, sent to Barr. There's the question of Bob Mueller testifying. And a New York Times story about an undercover FBI investigator that has fueled allegations of campaign spying. I talk about all this and more on the Cafe Insider podcast, where each week, Ann Milgram joins me to break down the news and take stock of what's happening. The podcast is part of the Cafe Insider membership. Today, we're making a clip from the most recent episode available in the Stay Tuned feed. To listen to our full conversation and access all other Cafe Insider content, including a weekly newsletter and bonus content from Stay Tuned, become a member at cafe.com slash insider. That's cafe.com slash insider. Do you want to talk about a couple of other exchanges that now maybe look a little different in light of the back and forth between Bob Mueller and Bill Barr, those letters that became public, where Bob Mueller clearly on multiple occasions wanted the Justice Department to put out uh, the special counsel's own summaries that didn't need to be redacted to the public as opposed to the four-page letter that Bill Barr sent on March 24th. And one of those is an exchange from back in April between Charlie Crist, a Democratic representative from Florida, and Bill Barr, where Charlie Crist says reports have emerged recently that members of the special counsel's team are frustrated at some level with the limited information included in your March 24 letter. Do you know what they are referencing with that? Not the greatest question in the world, but, you know, I think ordinary people would understand it. And Barr says, no, I don't. No, I don't. I think, I think, and then he says, I suspect that they probably wanted more put out. But in my view, I was not interested in putting out summaries, which we've already discussed is bizarre because he put out a summary. And that's maybe why he doesn't want to call his own thing a summary so he can say this thing with a straight face. Was that was that perjury? You know, there's a couple of questions here. And obviously he's under oath. And so I thought about this actually more as a thousand and one where you lie to someone conducting an investigation, which could be part of we've talked about this in the context okay. of lying to FBI agents. Could you, you know, you're lying to a member of Congress about a material fact. Is it? Is it lying? I don't know. If I, it, it goes back to my view that he sort of, he slides around or tries not to answer directly the questions. And I did read this as, you know, when you're a lawyer, and again, this is why people hate lawyers. So <laughs> let me acknowledge that. I like lawyers very much. I do too. I love lawyers. But, but it's the sort of, if you read the question, do you know what they are referencing with that? They is the press. There's an expression of frustration with the limited information. Um, and then Barr is saying, no, I don't know. And he could be saying, I don't know what the press is talking about. And again, I'm parsing here, which is what I think he was doing. But to me, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's completely false. And it is a lie. Now, would it be a prosecutable lie in my mind? I would not charge, I would not charge this crime right. as a crime for a lot of reasons. But here's what I think. He says, no, I don't. He he kind of closes it down like he doesn't know anything about any issues, right? So, and then he says, I suspect that they, meaning Mueller's team, 
probably wanted more put out, but he didn't suspect anything. He knew. He knew it. Absolutely. There are four occasions in which Mueller, there's one before the report comes out where Mueller is saying, here are my summaries. We would like you to use our summaries. And then there's three times after the report comes out, two in writing, one by phone call. There's no way he doesn't know that they thought that there was an issue with the summary he did and they wanted their summaries out. What, What do you think? Would you prosecute this for perjury or false statement? No, I would not for various reasons because you can you can see how a jury might look at it differently because you have to get to intent. But what I don't get is, I mean, so I agree that it's completely false if someone in your family dissembled that way about something. Yeah, if your kids did that, what would you do? Yeah, you would say, come on, you know, knock it off. Um, what's also weird to me is it's totally unnecessary. You know, you have to know at that point that the letters at some point may come Gonna out. come out. Yeah, I agree. Look, on other occasions, Bill Barr is perfectly capable of saying a flat no in ways that also make him look not very good. When he's asked, will you recuse yourself? Will, will you follow the instructions of the ethics officials? He says, no. I will consult. He says, mm-hmm. no, yeah. very forthrightly. And yeah. actually, frankly, it doesn't make him look very good. He says, because I'm the decider. And on other questions too, he's very forthright, you know, to a fault when he wants to assert his power and his prerogatives as the attorney general. So what I don't get is, why couldn't you hear just say, yeah, I think I do know what they're talking about. They wanted to put more out. I didn't want to do it I didn't piecemeal. want to put more out. Yeah. For all these very good reasons that I'm reciting to you that you may disagree with. So I don't, I don't get the point of it. Do you think he got just caught by it? It feels weird to me that he would not have been prepared for that question. Because you and I, we actually haven't even had a chance to talk about this. But knowing who Bob Mueller is, he's pretty conservative. He's deeply respectful of the chain of command. For Bob Mueller to put something in writing, yes. it's like he's screaming at Bill Barr. And, <laughs> right. and so for most people, they might say, oh, the guy wrote a letter. No, like he papered him, which means he put on paper as a record... For all time, you did something wrong to Bill Barr. You're not representing this. And by the way, you're defeating the whole purpose of the special counsel, which is to bring the truth to the American public and to do a good investigation. So, you know, it might not seem like that big a deal, but it is literally like shouting by Bob Mueller. It is. And remember what Bill Barr said about the letter then? It was snitty. Snitty. <laughs> that is a, that is I haven't a, even that heard very, that word before. That is an underused word. Yeah. You want to bring it back? I, I, think snitty, I think snitty may apply to a lot more things. Than, and by the way, I've read no, the letter. But, but the letter isn't snitty. It's not. It's actually very straightforward. And it, it was a weird moment in the hearing because Barr generally actually retains his composure. He can be infuriating because he doesn't answer everything completely forthrightly. He's calm, he's though. He's a pretty calm a guy. He's yeah. a pretty calm guy. And with respect to this letter... He said, you know, Bob Mueller was a political appointee and he was a political appointee with me at the Department of Justice. I don't, you know, the letter is a bit snitty. And then he says, and I think it was probably written by one of his staff people. <laughs> like, do, do you think Bob Mueller didn't have the power of the pen over this letter that you describe as like, a, you know, something that's a shouting missive? It doesn't matter who wrote the first draft. Bob Mueller signed it. Just like, do you think Bill Barr wrote that four page summary himself? No, I thought that was kind of snitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah and and <laughs> <laughs> can excellent I say use that of the word. A, I think it was snitty. But but somebody else drafted it, and then he probably edited it and made it his own. It, it's a silly, it's a silly thing to say. You know, it reminds me of something else that I saw Rudy Giuliani say. There's many things you can say about Bob Mueller. Among them, you could say war hero and did a thankless job. But of all the criticisms, he is not an uncareful he's, person. He's, he's extraordinarily careful. And so I saw, similar to this, Rudy Giuliani when talking about some aspect of the Mueller report and how Bob Mueller came to his conclusion about, or lack of conclusion about obstruction, I heard Rudy Giuliani say, yeah, that section of the report, I bet Mueller didn't read it very carefully. 
There's no way. There's no way. He, I don't he even read get every that word a thousand times to <laughs> right. the point where he was probably blurry eyed at three o'clock in the morning, but it, there's no question. There's one other thing from the hearing too. There's, we have a listener, Jesse, um, who wrote in and asked us why Bill Barr wasn't pressed about Senator Van Hollen's questions of Bill Barr from a previous hearing. Quote, and I will discuss that decision after did, the report. Did Bob is- Mueller support your conclusion? I don't know whether Bob Mueller supported my conclusion. And uh, Jesse writes, it seems like Van Hollen's question and answer are harder for Barr to dance around. What I think Jesse is asking is why didn't the senators push more on that? Because this is consistent with the conversation we're having, which is that it's incredibly clear that Barr knew exactly what Mueller thought of his summary and that Mueller was not a fan of it. Yeah, I agree. with. I think this is, this is also clear dissembling. It's also trying to make it seem like there was not, you know, a huge amount of you know, daylight between Barr and Mueller on this particular score. But so I don't get it. It wasn't necessary. Clearly, you know, an ordinary person understanding the question would say, yeah, I think, you know, there were probably some disagreements. In fact, Bill Barr said at the press conference before the release of the report, Rod Rosenstein and I disagree with and disagreed with and continue to disagree with some of the analysis of Bob Mueller, uh, especially on the law and how expansive executive authority is. So I I don't get why you would sort of leave a misimpression here. But I, I do think that if you're if you're looking at the question of, you know, perjury or the crime of lying to Congress, that this is even more ambiguous than the exchange with Christ, and it would be difficult to it's prosecute. General but question. again, you know, it's it's this thing we keep coming back to, both with respect to the president and other people in the White House and now with the Attorney General. We should expect something more than behavior that comports with the criminal standard. Yeah, that shouldn't be the question. Is The question shouldn't be the attorney general is fine as long as he didn't commit a crime. Yeah. Right? If, if a judge asked you any of these questions when you were a line prosecutor or if any of the people you supervised, you know, gave this kind of answer repeatedly during a court hearing, not a congressional hearing, during a court hearing, I would expect to get a call from the judge and say, you know, you had a prosecutor in here. No doubt. Who was being too cute by half. You need to talk to that person and make sure that doesn't happen again and that person would lose credibility in that courtroom for the rest of that proceeding, that trial, and maybe for the rest of their career. That's the kind of thing that, that tens of thousands of lawyers who Bill Barr oversees have to hold themselves to. Yeah. So what do you think this means for, you know, the men and women in U.S. attorney's offices who are out there and what you, I'm sure, trained as a, as a United States attorney is, you know, you act with integrity and truthfulness. And then you see the boss, the head of the organization doing the exact opposite. It's a terrible thing. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, there have been other occasions, most notably in my experience, when Alberto Gonzalez was the attorney general. I think a lot of people, they just do their jobs. It doesn't sort of matter, you know, what, what the head of the agency is thinking or saying. It probably doesn't help. But, you know, I'd like to think that the rank and file folks who are prosecuting, you know, public corruption cases and robbery cases and all the kinds of things that they do to keep the country safe and the individual districts safe and, and hold people accountable that it's like sort of a, a thing that they can ignore and keep their head down and just do their jobs. I hope so. Yeah. I hope you've enjoyed this sample of the Cafe Insider podcast. To listen to the full episode, head to cafe.com slash insider and become a member. That's cafe.com slash insider. To the many of you who have chosen to join the insider community, thank you for supporting our work. <laughs>